seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 193 of Color of Magic, your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of stuff that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 193 episodes, still got my main man that is somehow surviving the heat, even without power. Brian Allen, how's it going, man? Oh, it's, uh, we're crossing our fingers, hoping the grid, which is held together with duct tape and good intentions continues to hold. And we, and I said, we were fortunate. Ours was only out for about maybe two hours. There's still plenty of people. Like actually Momo is staying with relatives because there's no power at her house right now. Man, I tell yeah, you what, just, I don't even know if y'all got duct tape, right? It might be scotch tape. Right. Like that's rough. And, and, and I think why I feel bad for y'all is when you have your governor that says like, oh, no, we're going to do all this stuff and make sure the grid never goes out and blah, blah. And then you find out he passed laws to make it more likely that it'll you won't have power. So it's like, man, that's frustrating. I, I do not miss living down there. And I saw and got, several people online dealing with issues. And we got enough money to apparently put a whole like ring of buoys around the state or whatever to stop immigration. But we can't figure out how to fix this power grid. All right. Yeah, that's also a weird move, too. But, you know, the the amount of it's about where your priorities are and Texas priorities are doing dumb stuff right now, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I I feel for you. But, you know, again, got to brag again on that. What's the episode count again? I used to just said it. One ninety three is what we're up to now as of today. Because we talked about when we started this, how many people start podcasts that don't even make a second, you know, uh, basically a second year. And Dude, crazy. Hey, by the end of summer, we'll be at 200. <laughs> and uh, some people apparently, it's, it, it may come back in a minute, but apparently, Megan and Harry's podcast is done. You know what, though? I saw a thing that apparently they weren't even doing some of their own interviews. I, yeah. And it's like, why are you listening to it at that point if it's not? Like, Megan they had somebody Harry. else ask the questions, and then I guess they went back and clipped themselves in asking the question. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's like, if they don't care, why should anyone else? Yeah, it's such a weird thing. I don't so, yeah, know. Brian and Daquan, better than Megan and Harry. I just and dude, they were making now. a lot. Wasn't it like a twelve million dollar million, deal or something? Which I mean yeah. they get to keep it. You know, they Spotify's not gonna ask for the money back. They just please go away. Yeah, that's just wild. So okay. to be clear, if somebody wants to pay us twenty million dollars to quit, we'll take it. Dude, <laughs> I'll take five hundred grand. You ain't even gotta give me twenty million. Like I can be bought on the cheap. You know, come on with it. That's just so yeah, that's wild. But I mean, Bill Simmons, I think, asked some valid questions of okay, you know, beyond being well, technically, not even being part of the royal family anymore. Like, what kind of what is your talent? What are you again? That just really shows how hard it is to create decent content and keep it going. Because for crying out loud, oh, no, 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 that's not even hard. That was just lazy, like you, you can't even take the time to bring somebody on as a guest and ask them the questions. Like you, you could have just been bad at asking the questions. But like, that's the thing, though, they are not. You know, <laughs> neither one of them has any kind of. You know, as we're you know, obviously we're good. You know, we, we we have experience at this. But if you never have done an interview before, it's not as easy. I don't know, as- man, I I feel like they were just too full of themselves. I think that was the real issue. Like, 
oh, we could just do it this way and we don't have to be bothered and we could just record the questions on our schedule and thought they were going to get away with it. And it didn't work out the way they thought. Well, not that they and also, I think it's a thing where I think if either side wanted to continue the partnership, but Spotify apparently was completely ready to be rid of them. So it's, it's well, of I, course, because you weren't getting what you paid for. I think it was probably a fixable thing, but it's just, you know. No, yeah, if I'm Spotify, I'm walking away. Like yeah. you, you paid for a thing to have them as personalities, and you didn't get that. Like you just can't. I mean, hell, I wouldn't even be surprised if they try to go after the money because of that. But who knows? They'll probably leave it be. Yeah, I think it's just you know, Spotify has you know, I think there are so many celebrity podcasts. Like you think somebody'd be really good at, it, and then it turns out maybe they're not so good at, it. or even in some cases it just. You do good work, but for whatever reason, it doesn't catch on. There are so many podcasts that are, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning journalism. But as we already know, the market for your Pulitzer Prize winning journalism just is not what it used to be. That's no guarantee that it's going to be successful. Nah, people just want fun and entertainment. That's what it's about. Like, that's going to get way more a lot of the times than being super official, professional, whatever. Like, that time, unfortunately, is just gone. Until your water, until you, your city doesn't have a clean water, then you'd probably like some journalism. Well, of course. <laughs> you know? Once you got a real problem. Yeah, that's the thing. So there still is a place for it. It's just people don't think about it until the problem It's I've seen it from, you know, the national to the local level. We're just, oh, no, I'm. I remember some people in our neighborhood talking about, hey, we, this is a terrible problem. We're going to take this to the paper. And I just, before I do it, blurt out, yeah, there is no more local paper. What do you mean? Like, yeah, sorry, not enough people subscribe to it. It no longer exists. Like, gee, I wish, you know, wish we could help you. We no longer can. You sure about this? Yes, I used to work there. <laughs> you know, I'm 100, as sure as a human being can be. But that shows how often they read the local paper. You know what, though? I know who can actually help our listeners. Coolstuffinc.com. If they want to get any of their nerd stuff or magic stuff or any stuff related to gaming, go over there, pay them some love because they're supporting us now. And you can save 5% at checkout with code DRAGON. It's that simple. Go pay them some love. They're good people. And as they like to tell you, Cool Stuff Inc. always has cool stuff in stock. That's why we work so well together because that was a brilliant segue and we didn't plan it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm just good at what i do oh man also if you want to check out uh, patreon.com slash color magic you can support the show directly for just a couple of bucks and you can get a shout out just like sean brown thank you for being a supporter friend and if you want to get some merchandise you can go to color slash shop and that's going to bring us to boy oh boy a soapbox where man we we got stuff today And let me say, <clears throat> I don't want to make light of, of people dying because I, I don't want this to come off this way. Like, it sucks that anybody dies in a tragic way. But there's also a level of play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And I sort of feel like that's what we got to experience over the last, like, 48 hours. With this whole, I think yeah, yeah, I guess I think I know what, you're, what this is about. Yeah, with this whole Titan sub thing, man. Like I just, and because I went on this like it must have been like a five hour deep dive where I'm reading all these articles and and here's the weird thing for me like I remember hearing something about 
a sub that, or not, I didn't know it was a sub, but just like some device they were going to use to try to, I don't, I thought they were going to use it to go like try to receive, retrieve some wreckage from the Titanic or something. And I guess because of where I live, some of the people who were consulted on it or whatever are from the area. I think one of the businesses or something was located here. And I guess I just happened to know somebody working on it. But this was like 2018, I think. So I didn't even associate them being like the same thing at one point. But then, you know, I do this deep dive trying to find out more information because it sounds insane, right? And it sounded more insane the more I read. So to start with, they built a, I'm going to call it an underwater device. It was barely a submarine. Not even using real materials that you would normally use to build a submarine. But this device that they were going to be in trying to go, like, whatever, a couple miles deep to go find the Titanic. They didn't even build it out of the right materials. They built it out of carbon fiber which was already like the first mistake. And then you find out like they're, they don't even have real controls. They have like a PS five controller or something. When that, I read that, I was like, no way. Yeah. That's like connected. No. And, and they can't send real messages. They can send like text, but they can only send them like certain sizes of text or something like, and then you can't from it's once you get in it, you're bolted in with 17 bolts on, on the hatch. So you can't even get like, even if these people think about this, like if these people were taking on water or something, or they were running out of oxygen and they found a way to get to the surface, there's still a chance they would die because they can't even get out. Literally until somebody from the facility found them or rescue workers or whatever, and were able to unseal the hatch, they weren't even going to be able to get out anyway. So if they had any malfunction, they're practically doomed. Right? Like, and then... You find out these people paid $250,000 to be on this thing. Like, when you start thinking about how do these crazy projects happen or how creators can come up with wild things and people pay for it, because people like this exist. $250,000 each to get on there. And, And then the crazier level is they hired a guy who was supposed to be an expert in, I guess, underwater apparatus and safety and whatever, he observed it and said, hey, this isn't ready to go. Here's all the flaws. And the CEO in charge basically said, you know, dog, we don't need your negativity. You're fired. And then they all went and did it anyway, knowing there were problems. And at one point, I even found a quote from the CEO. He said, most of the time, Safety is just waste. If you want to be safe, don't get out of bed. I don't even know how I could feel bad for somebody like that when they die in a situation like this. You know what I mean? And the irony that they are going to look for the Titanic has not been lost up here. No, no, no. The fact that the Titanic took some bonus lives in 2023 is is random as hell. That was a nobody's bingo card. And you called it the Titan sub, which is like, yeah, like, dude. But yeah, like that, I, I get why it dominated the news because it's such a weird scenario because something like that generally just shouldn't happen. Like there's there's no reason for something like this to happen at all. But, you know, you knew the flaws. You decided to still go with it. I'm 
I, can't, I had and, a safety expert, and when I heard, like, said, when I heard Xbox controller, like, I can't express to you how much I'm out if I had if I had been involved with such a project. I, I get that maybe you figured out how to make it work that way, but it doesn't inspire anything that resembles confidence. No, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. And like the I said, second it, you, and again, the fact that they were able to charge people a quarter of a million to go ahead and yeah, we're, we're doing this. It, it sucks that people died. Absolutely. But I also have to look at the people and say like, well, you know, that's like, you know, you're, you're playing with fire and you know, the building's about to come down and you still yeah. want to sit in there and play with the fire. It's like, well, I, it sucks. You died, but like you did this yourself. And I mean, we, you know, obviously there, there's, ripe material for, for comedy and yeah we'll we'll be here but just as a serious issue this whole rise of what they call extreme tourism where hey you know what I want to go to space I want to go to the deepest part of the ocean it took us you know years to figure out how to get to those places somewhat safely and even NASA every so often still loses people well even- you know what let me say this, because, like, Pat McAfee on his show brought up a very interesting thing. Because he said, first off, whites have been doing this kind of crazy stuff forever. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong there. And that's coming from a white guy, so, you know, whatever. Right. But they did kind of bring up the idea that because whites have been doing this type of stuff forever, rich whites in particular, this could be good cover if you just wanted to go away. Which sounds a little crazy, right? But but I started thinking about it. I said, if you you want to go tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, like you make it seem so obviously bad that there's no way you this could have been right that you would have even participated in this because it sounds so ridiculous. That might explain why the one dude's uh, stepson got caught going to a Blink One Eighty Two concert during the search. That that would yeah, you know what I'm saying though. Like it, that it, would make that make a whole lot more sense if he knows this is scamtacular. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, I I'm not necessarily in there. I think that they were people just being dumb. But that's at least a conspiracy theory I can get behind. Because yeah. I'm like, you know what? Because you add everything up. It seems like how ridiculous were you to even attempt to do this under those conditions? This is, and you know, we were talking about uh, just, as I said, doing deep dives and Googling and whatnot. How would you have ever thought? A, a submersible or whatever would generate searches such as Xbox controller, uh, Blink 182. I mean, just the most random searches have been generated by this incident because. Oh, and and let me say the Coast Guard, they came out and one of the other military groups, maybe the Marines or whatever, because I guess they obviously were search parties. They said they just found remnants that they assumed at some point it just crumbled or exploded or whatever. So they're not expecting to find anybody at this point. They just found a couple of pieces that they're pretty sure came from the submersible, and that was it. But I was like, you know what? You wouldn't even need to be on it when it fell apart if you knew it was going to fall apart under the pressure. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it it could be. It sounds crazy. But, like, if you wanted to disappear somewhere, go live on an island or... Skip paying taxes on your billions of dollars or whatever it is. I mean, it's, I, I, it's I'm plausible. assuming 
I'm assuming they probably signed some kind of waiver, but I haven't heard anything to that effect. So I don't know. Matter of fact, they were trying to throw under the bus, I believe, Boeing and the University of Washington at one point. Uh, and they both came out and said, like, uh, we didn't have anything directly to do with the construction of any of this. I think they may have been consulted once or twice for some stuff. And they're trying to say, well, they told us or they helped us build. And they're like, uh, no, we didn't. <laughs> like, that's all you, dog. So, yeah, weird story. But I'm, I'm going to pass this off because you have something that's a little more relevant. Yeah, the uh, Summer Game Fest took place recently, kind of one of the many events that basically is replacing uh, E3, as long as we don't don't have it. It may come back, and we, it may not. At this point, we don't know. But yeah, Summer Game Fest happened. A lot of great uh, trailers and things for games, of course, but the thing that's drawing, sadly, as much attention as many of the video games is that somehow... In summer of 23, <laughs> or 23, 2023 Camp Talk, they had a, you know, a press event for the video game industry. Zero women appeared on stage during the course of this event. And when they went to ask Jeff Keighley, who is you probably, if you have ever participated in any video game coverage, you've probably seen him. He's been doing this for decades, going back to the G4 era. He's the spokesperson, I think, kind of the creator also. They went and interviewed him like, hey, Jeff, how, how, how does this happen, my dude? What, what, where were the women at Summer Games Fest? And he made it worse by saying, well, there was going to be a woman there, a woman, but uh, she wasn't able to make it. Bruh, you just, I mean, you again, if it had been somebody that had never done one of these before, that would still be a bad response. But this is somebody that's been in the industry for 20 plus years. He had to have read all the stories. First of all, you would think somebody would have noticed this beforehand, but apparently either nobody did or they just noticed and went on ahead with it. But you know the reporters from every website and blog and thing that even kind of sort of covers video games are going to be coming at you for this. And that's the best you got is there was going to be a woman, but she couldn't make it. That's what of where the cover up is worse than the crime as they often say. It's just, I mean, you could look around and just be like, you know, this person canceled. That was going to be at least one woman in our presentations. Call somebody at your damn office. Right. And just be like, hey, get somebody second in command or something or whatever over here. Just so you don't look bad. You know what I mean? If nothing every, else. Every one of these companies has probably at minimum somebody in their PR department. And if you don't, that's a whole that's part of the problem we are currently trying to address. That's it. I've covered E3 and usually the somebody you know somebody has told them they've made sure and gone through that, that this doesn't happen so when, when you have a booth you know you have in theory if not 50 50 at least 25 30 percent on diverse faces it's just one of those things though when you're gonna go and you know you're talking about we're trying to make the industry better and we're spending money on stem programs for women and all this stuff and then you don't even check the simplest box. At yeah, here's the case of nobody tried. 
Nobody yeah. can realistically say they tried. Because as a matter of fact, uh, Cindy Goodman has usually helped him host this event. So I, I don't know, but maybe she was had a conflict, couldn't do it this year. But just yeah, but this, that's just where it all becomes lip service, right? Yeah. Like you, on your biggest event or one of your biggest events of the year. So this is essentially just, the industry's kind of E3 replacement. Yeah, you just couldn't even be bothered. Like to to check the simplest box. E- either you either you legitimately didn't notice, which is frightening and horrible, or you noticed and just kind of went ahead and at that point hope nobody else would, which I can't even fathom. Both of those in 2023 are just hard for me to fathom because we know, I will say the, the gaming industry has done, or at least the, the well, I believe say gaming journalism industry, I would think I'd like to say has done, I won't say the best job, but I know thinking just of the places I've worked recently, there have been multiple <laughs> women and multiple people of color that work there. And, and yeah, I'll be the first to admit that was not always the case. It has gotten better, but you know, immediately when you trot this out there that every, every female journalist, they know what their assignment is the next day after this. Hey, you want to oh, no call them and figure no out where the women were? It's just, you, you've dropped a story in everybody's lap. The Mary Sue? Anybody, anybody ever read that? Come on, y'all. This is just... It's sad. Like I said, that's the easiest box to check right now. Right. Like, it really is. And as I said, it's not like it would have been 20 or 30 years ago where you really had to just look, just crawl around your company on and, and, and just look because there weren't women. This is... Everybody has women everywhere in the Yeah, all of the major companies have, even places that have been exposed and shown to be horrible, such as Blizzard and Riot, had at least a few women working there. Well, yeah, that's part of the problem. You could have just got somebody from your office to come fill in for a couple of spots. Like, give somebody their time to shine for 10 minutes. That that would have got you in the clear. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, people are gonna people are gonna fast forward through a, a large number of presentations to get to the game trailer. So you're yeah. you, you're missing nothing by taking off one of, or, or preferably multiple of thirty five guys that are up here presenting things. Many of the games I'm sure had actresses in the because really, where is the game? Especially for example, role playing game. When's the last time you saw a video game, even Call of Duty, make sure they have female characters front and center now? That's how much it's been drilled. And again, some of the actresses are incredible. We just had, you know, the whole, this whole thing reminds me of Forspoken, where they were on the right path. They they said, hey, this is going to be a black woman character front and center. Then they go to a press event, and oh, by the way, she's not here. But you got a bunch of white guys talking about how awesome her character is and how you really researched her background and what a hip-hoppy walk she has. It's just, there are so many. and it, it There were obviously a lot of problems with Forspoken, but that already started just a whole negative feedback of what are they doing right now, and they never really dug their way out of 
that negative feedback cycle. Well, you know what? Let's talk about some other positive things in games because I feel like you actually have some good news that we could talk about. And I think it's yep. going to keep people in a good mood. So what you got? Yep. One of my uh, old journalism professors told me, you know, if you, if you had to write a review trashing something, hopefully hey, at least find something that's also positive to talk about so you're not just sticking your thumb in the reader's eye the entire time. So, yeah, this is me taking my thumb out of your eye or I guess technically your ear since this is an imprint. But uh, if you have PlayStation Plus Premium, and really if you don't have either Extra or Premium and you got a PlayStation, it's really a good investment. This is part of why. They just dropped 27 games on the service that if you if you are a member of the of the PlayStation Premium, you don't, I don't want to say free because you have to pay for PlayStation Premium, but still, I tell people all the time, if you have already bought the PlayStation or the Xbox, you don't have to buy any games. Just buy the membership, you'll get free games, and totally not free because you do pay for the service. But still, every every month, a bunch. I think I would say there's over 200 games on Xbox Game Pass, and I think PlayStation Plus is similar. And these are not, you know, these are not garbage games. Uh, Far Cry Six is one of the games. It's a recently uh, within the past year release, and you know, it's a series that. Comes out, you know, re- often. If pe- far, people know about Far Cry. It's usually AAA, very fun game. This one especially got some pretty good reviews. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. If you grew up in the 90s like we did, it, it is exactly what you think it is. It's side-scrolling. You can get four people in there, either with couch co-op. Well, I, I know I know this online. I think you can get at least two or three people with couch co-op, too. It may be all four. I'm not certain of it, but yeah. It's, it really is, hey, turtles, side-scrolling, beating people up. It's every bit as fun as it was in the 1990s. So, yeah, these are some great games they dropped on here just for being part of the service. And, hey, if you got kiddos, my friend Peppa Pig also is one of the new games. Because, again, the kids love Peppa Pig. And I just found out recently that's a Hasbro product. So, hey, you know, shout out to the – Yep. Hasbro has their fingers in so many pies. <laughs> just every week, I find something new that I didn't know Hasbro owned. Dude, it's like a lot of the big companies. Almost yeah. all of them own like you know fifty to hundred different licenses or brands. Right. You know, it's like all these people out here bragging, like, "Look what we did to Bud Light, and now Modelo's number one." And it's like they own that too, dog. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... like for real, it's just like you can try to boycott some things, but other things they own, you're still buying. It's like, a mini tentacled beast, and you can't yeah. tangle them all up. People don't realize that. I told you before, mm-hmm. we talked about it on the show with Nestle. Is that's a hard one, man? Nestle mm-hmm. owns like a thousand brands or something. Yeah. So are. it sucks when you're shopping and you see something cool and you're like, nah, I know exactly where that comes from. <laughs> right? For those of you that watch the Angel, they are Wolf. Well, most major companies are Wolfram at heart. Yeah. Where they own everything. It's just like that, actually. Okay, so I think having a lot of games is really cool. But this this next one, it almost sounds like made-up news. <laughs> this this sounds like, like a spoof movie or something. But apparently, there are real talks that we could potentially get Mark Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk in a UFC fight. I saw that. 
like, and Dana White even came out and said, like, yeah, he thinks if he can get them both to talk, and they seem somewhat interested so far. There's no way Elon wouldn't do this. Elon will take any opportunity to measure his penis. He says any opportunity. he could do $100 per pay-per-view buy, and they'll just donate it all to multiple charities. Which, great cause, if that's the case. Because there yeah. ain't no way that ain't going to hit some pay-per-view records. Frightening. Because people would want it just for the spectacle. I ain't going to lie. Um, I'd kind of want to know. You know what I mean? I tried to tell myself I didn't want to see this and, and wouldn't watch. And then, you know, one of the people that I um, on forums were like, yeah, but what if they put a what if they put a prize pick on it? Damn it. Now you, <laughs> you got you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Like when I first heard about it, I'm like, this is just dumb. Right, this I would like to place a bet on two billionaires trying to beat the crap out of each other. I know I'm really not getting over, but it'll make me feel like I'm getting over. But, dude, imagine the branding around this. Like, you just literally call it the billionaire brawl. You have them doing interviews. You market the crap out of it for, like, four months. That thing could break pay-per-view records. Are, are they going to get on there and do the whole weigh-in press conference where they talk trash about each other? Then I mean, they start pushing each other, and it's so fake. Maybe that'd be that'd be like the one thing. I, like you'd have to find a place that would sanction the fight because they're not in the same weight classes or anything. Oh, no, somebody will. No, being <laughs> real, people don't know this, but like Zuck for real does do like actual physical stuff. Like he's apparently oh, yeah. been practicing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for like two years. He goes out and does like surfing or whatever. So like, I I, I mean, if it happened, I mean, I, what I understand, Elon oh, yeah, Musk already has probably, Musk has yeah, a bad I'm, back. So yeah. I I mean, he might get submitted in round one. Like <laughs> I saw him. I'm saying. sure as long as he fights other billionaires, he's okay. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's it's like I I think if I had to take money, I wouldn't be surprised if you'd be minus money on on Zuck. I I think anybody who does a research would would have him pegged, but yeah, this is crazy, man. That we're in this world that this is even a possibility of being real. That's the thing, though. How many times do you see somebody you know who claims they have a black belt so they get then there's you know an actual fight and they because in, in real life they're not going to stand there and let you combo them out. Oh, sure. And there's no but, and there's no points either. You know, I'm just saying when you when you look at your opposition and Musk is not a guy. We've seen pictures of him. He is not in fighting shape. <laughs> you know he probably would take it seriously because again it's an opportunity to measure his boy oh, yeah yeah you'd have to because <laughs> yeah. you ain't trying to get embarrassed in front of like a yeah. record audience like you know what i mean you at so, least want so it if, to look good if you lose yeah. so if he gets in shape but like you said already has a weight advantage and i can't believe this is possibly happening it's, it's crazy wild. right like like on the one hand part of me says like yeah this makes sense that this could be real but like the other part of me is like Damn, this might actually be real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's both completely believable with the absurdity of our world now, but also yeah. completely unbelievable because of the position of the world in these two dudes. It, I mean, it can't be any worse than many of the YouTube fights that we've had, or YouTuber fights, I should clarify. I guess, but those felt felt more like people that needed to do it for the reach, for the spectacle, you know, to further their careers, whatever. The like, Pauls don't need to do this, Derek. How many more views can they get? They made so much money from that. Like, then they yeah. knew they were going to. Like, and he used it to launch himself into other things, to get bigger fights, to get yeah. with WWE, to launch his Prime brand. Hell, him and the what's his name that he fought in the first one? They are partners in Prime. <laughs> like, yeah. so they're not even 
they knew they were just going to make piles of money, and then they just went on some business ventures together. But and this is you know same thing. I want boxers and actual UFC people. Like, at what point do does you know <laughs> the quality of your life, especially when you're already a multi millionaire, because it, it's been proven stuff like boxing, UFC, oh, sure, football sure, sure. takes years and quality off your life. What, especially if you're somebody that is you know in their case they're able to get the best health care in the world. So there's no reason unless they come across something catastrophic that they can't live until they're 85, 90 years old. Look at oh, yeah, Trump. Me, that's, you know? a, that's a little bit of the difference here, too, which which makes this the idea that they would actually want to fight a little more unbelievable. Is like there's nothing to gain for either guy here. Like even even bragging rights are meaningless at that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you at the end of the day, you're both gonna look at your bank accounts and have whatever, like ten or fifteen billion dollars, whatever the hell. Like it, it just doesn't matter, right? At least when you're talking about YouTube celebrities, it's like, okay, well, they do this, they can make ten million dollars. You know, that's that's still more than they were gonna make for a whole year of doing what they do. Like that allows them to yeah, go depends on what they come up with. But I'm saying this allows them to go into other business ventures, to bring other people up, to get more business deals or work with other brands potentially that they wouldn't be able to, whatever. Like You ain't got to take shots to the head to do that once you reach a certain you level. Know what, though? Hey, if somebody told me they were like, I got to do one UFC fight or one boxing match, hell, I can lose in the first round and you're still going to give me 10, 10 mil? Like, I'm, I'm probably going to go take a shot at it. Like... Cause I, cause I had this thought way, way back when, and now granted, this is younger, dumber me, but mm-hmm. when Tyson was at his peak, like, would I get in the ring to take one shot from Mike Tyson for like the twenty million dollars his opponents were getting or whatever? Maybe, <laughs> like, you know, what I mean, I had that real thought. Like, it hurt like hell. Don't get me wrong, I'm probably going to the hospital, but you know, twenty million is twenty million. Like, I mean, like that's a real. I don't, I don't feel like it because Tyson could quite literally kill you. I'd feel oh, more yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah. with somebody, you know, I, like, who's number twelve or number fifteen. By the way, if you're untrained and prepared, they kill you too. But Mike Tyson, there's just you, you have seen what Mike Tyson did, even to other heavyweights. Oh, totally agree, and I and I'm already decided if I he connects once, I ain't even trying to stay upright. Like I'm. I'm just going down. Like, even if he gives me a, a hard one in the gut and, like, I think I can stay on my feet, I'm going down. <laughs> like, or <laughs> even, you know, not, not, not let's say you don't die, but there's some kind of real – let's say that you are the – you get young. Let's say you're young and dumb, but you're single. Yeah, you got $10 million, but now you got a Mike Tyson-sized dent in the side of your head for the rest of your life. Yeah, you're rich. You'll get women, but they all gonna be trying their best not to make eye contact. I'm just being real about it. I probably still would have taken it. I ain't even gonna lie. Like I probably would have. Now, like I said, I'd be more measured about who it is, you know, whatever. But like, there's a number. I mean, I'm not gonna say there's no number. There's definitely a number. I ten million for sure. I don't know how much lower than ten million, but I know ten million for sure would get me there. I think as I've gotten older, I also want to look at like, you know, what is the quality of life you have in addition to how much money you might <laughs> get? Oh, from sure. It. For sure. I mean, everybody's going to have a different number, what that is for them, you know, but for me, maybe. 
And again, one punch from Mike Tyson could be the thing that has you walking around looking like Muhammad Ali was. Oh, I think, point, yeah, yeah, there's that's no, a difference. I'm not taking a Tyson punch now. Like back then I would have. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I'm like, uh, like Tyson, I still see him training. I'm like, nah, he, he could probably still get me. So yeah. I I'm 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 weaker now too. So I'm like, ah, I can't do that. But you know, some of these other dudes about my size, like I might go in and take a punch or two from or whatever and do some UFC stuff, you know, tap out to an ankle lock or something like, all right, I'd probably do that for 10 mil. Yeah, like you, I'd have probably had a different opinion on that when I was 20. But now that I've had to had to look at people that are suffering from yeah, bro, CTE, you got kids and stuff, too, though. Exactly. Like, that's real. Like, yeah. you got other people to worry about. But yeah, man, Zuck versus Musk, right? That uh, the billionaire brawl could actually be a thing. Not to mention the next however long I live, my sister going like I told you not to do that dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there would be nothing I can say. Like you did, you did tell me not to do it. But you know, we're talking about big dollars. But somebody else got some big dollars in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, in case you didn't hear, Kick.com is now deciding to put their, I guess you want to call it, plant their flag and say, we're trying to be here for real. So they went to the largest creator on Twitter, who is XQC, and said, you know what, dog? We want you over on our platform. So they gave him a potential $100 million deal. And I believe it's a two-year agreement. So... He could get up to $50 million a year. Now, that being said, XQC is doing very well and already makes a few million anyway. So it's not like him getting 50 million is unheard of in this day and age. But for people that don't know, he was basically the top streamer on Twitch in most major categories. I'm trying to think which ones he wasn't, but he was top five. Well, actually, I would say the top creator over the last five years and he was definitely top two or three in almost every category so they went after the person who was the most active and biggest creator twitch had on this platform the lebron james if you will basically now his agreement i think you know we see a hundred million dollars but my understanding is it's 70 million for two years and there are requirements you know so many hours and whatever they got to get their money's worth And then if he goes over certain incentives, which I'm assuming are probably number of subscribers, hours on the platform, whatever, he can get up to that full hundred million. And you got to figure he's somebody where, you know, a a certain percentage of his people, possibly the greater percentage, are going to follow him to wherever he would like to stream. Oh, sure. But if nothing else, it's news, right? You you make that thing, you get the person over to your platform. Everybody's talking about it. So now people who were just thinking about kick, are like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe I should check them out. You know, maybe as we men- people. As we mentioned when we talked about uh YouTube changing some of his stuff, Twitch, Twitch kind of kicked themselves in the yep. darts with their horrible uh with their horrible plan for uh revenue sharing that didn't even make it, I think, what a full 48 hours before this all the stuff we said we're doing, we're not doing anymore. Well, my, it- my guess is too that was a rushed plan because they had rumblings they were gonna lose some people. Yeah, I were guessing because I saw Amaranth was on there already. Yep. She got a deal. She's over there. 
Now, I don't think she got the hundred million. I don't think anybody got the hundred million other than XQC. Yeah. And to be honest, he's the tip top, so it makes sense. Yeah, but had to probably like to people. just not get suspended every two months. It's probably a thing that she looked at. Yeah, people, but they did say there's rumors that uh, several of the bigger creators you're seeing over there got somewhere between five and twenty mil. Yep. So, still big money. You know, I now, guess you probably. I'm sure Dr. Disrespect probably is going to have a, a truck full of money backed up to his house. Or is his YouTube thing exclusive? I don't know. I don't know, truthfully. Because if it's not, then surely, yeah, they back a truck up to his house. I would th- think so. I mean, I, I like he still has a following. I yeah. just don't hear that. Like, even when he's kind of trying to be edgy, the closest thing I've heard from him recently is because, like, he tried to go off on Hassan. You know, yeah. and it's just like, okay. Maybe he's lost some of his cachet compared to some of these other people over the years. I don't know. But if you're, I mean, if you're paying people money, I still think he would be one because if he also has an adversarial relationship with Twitch and yeah, man, if you would can, be the bigger reason, like if, if, you're if like, you can get him somewhere where he doesn't, of course, I know he probably had to sign some kind of NDA and we still don't know exactly what Twitch did, but you know, he'll push the boundaries. He'll do <laughs> Right up to the limit of hell, you get him wound up. He might accidentally step over the limit and say something about Twitch. And then again, all the headlines in the world. Yeah, and that's for better or worse. You know, like, I don't know which way they want it. Because it does well, seem say, like Kick did realize, like, hey, we have to put some governorship on some of this stuff because things were getting out of hand. And I think they were trying to clean stuff up and then started making the push for certain creators. So we'll see what their plan is. You know, I I will say this for other creators, because I'm probably going to even try to do some multi-streaming here in the next few days or whatever between there and YouTube, because that's the thing you can do because they don't have exclusive deals, Uh, which was the big thing, too, about these contracts they signed. They are non-exclusive as well. So these creators can still put stuff wherever they want. They just likely have to put the majority of their stuff on kick or majority of their hours have to include kick in some way. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have to make some social post or whatever, you know. Do, do the business to may allow them to get their money's worth out of you. But one thing I will say is I was setting up some stuff on Kick, and while going through it, I was up late and, you know, I'm sending message emails back and forth with their customer service, and they were way better than Twitch has ever been when I've had an issue. And this issue was a little bit complicated because... I kind of have this thing that I go to platforms and I just reserve my name whenever I see them come up. So if I ever want to use it in the future, but for whatever reason, I couldn't, when I logged in, I couldn't really use anything or whatever, or go to an error page. But if I logged in with another ID, like it worked perfectly. And the situation, as we found out, was just because people who'd signed up before a certain point, I guess their servers went through some upgrades or whatever, and then it just caused problems. So they have to shift all your stuff to the other account or whatever, which is fine. They got me all fixed up. But I was realizing, like, I still have things I sent to Twitch that I never got a response on. And then the handful of times I did get a response, it was just boilerplate. Didn't even really help to work out the problem, even when I had super detailed stuff to say, like, hey, can you just give me a solution? Like, oh, well, we don't really do that. We just give people these resources and blah, blah. And it's like, well, okay. So now I have to go, like, ask people on Twitter or do whatever, read extra art, do whatever to try to figure my problem out, right? Where these people literally, it was two different folks on their customer service. We went back and forth. They're like, hey, we figured out what it is. 
we'll get it fixed. We'll send an email once it's done. I woke up. I had an email. Everything was fixed. I logged in. Worked perfectly. And in fairness, what I've called, excuse me, uh, <laughs> inhaled some dust or something. What I've called Amazon, gotten pretty much the same response or lack thereof. Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, for as much as, you know, don't be wrong. I Is Kit going to be here two years from now? I have no idea. But I'm going to at least give them credit for trying to make the right plays early. Right? You've stepped up your customer service. They've realized there were problems. And they seemingly are trying to clean up their platform and their TOS and all that stuff. They've brought over big creators with big money showing they're serious. And honestly, some of their stuff is actually pretty... Like, you know how, like, on Twitch, you have to hit certain thresholds to put extra emotes on and all that stuff? Like, I went to put some emotes on Kick, and, dude, a whole last grid opened up. I probably could have put, like, 50 of those bad boys in there. Now, admittedly, I only have, like, 10. But, like, I could have went hog wild if I wanted to. So they're definitely this feels like this, this. They sound like they've impressed you because at first uh, you sound like you were kind of. I, I was. I'm not going to lie. I totally was. And that's what I'm telling people. They're at least making the right moves. Now, I still think there's a couple people on their platform that they probably need to boot off. I still think there's some things that remain to be seen as far as can they draw people in. You know, because it's easy to draw creators in, but can you get people to come watch the creators that help generate all the dollars? Like what their plan is for that. But I will. Well, at I least- think uh, we had, we got to talk about it. I think at this point, it's widely known they are put together by gambling interests. Oh, absolutely, so, that's absolutely a thing. Some some of the plan is you know getting people to to gamble on their various platforms. So that sure that's a thing. You know, so they- anyway, with, with gambling, if you can get. Even four or five percent of the people that sign up to go gamble on some of your sites, then it, it possibly has been worth it at that point. And as we talked about, some people will gamble. You know, you'll have the, the whales basically that one percent that gamble extreme amounts, and maybe they pay for it. Yeah, if I were guessing, you probably start going towards some of the poker platforms, seeing if you can get sites like Poker Go to stream their stuff over there. You know, their big championship events. Like that, it it we'll start seeing that I imagine over the next twelve to twenty four months. But you know, like I said, gotta give credit where it's due. Because one of the things Twitch did, you know, that wasn't a fail. A thing they should have done was say, "Hey, we got to establish some rules and some guideposts for what we're gonna do with gambling content." And that, you know, that I'm sure chased a lot of people off and kicked. Say, "Hey, hey, come on over here and gamble how you want." Totally opportunist. So, you know, like I said, I'm not afraid to say it. Like, I I was really suspicious early on. I'm like, man, they're at least getting some things right here in the early stages. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to jump ship and needs to go use it. But I'm just reporting, like, experiences that I've had as I'm trying it. And we'll see where it goes. Because for all we know, they could be Mixer and be gone in two years. You know, but for now, seems okay. So I'm going to... I'm, I'm, I, as far as like, I don't know if we set a 10 point scale on how like comfortable I feel about using them. I probably went from like a, a three to maybe somewhere around a six now. So I gotta say if, definitely uh, improvement. and you know, you, you gotta figure some of the content creators are hoping it does a mixer. Cause you had people like Ninja that took the big deal. They still were owed the money and they were able to get all that money 
and then get another big fat paycheck oh, yeah. to come back to Twitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but realistically, we'll see. You know, and does this type of pressure cause any changes for Twitch? I think that's going to be the other part of the story. Of once they start saying, okay, no, this is serious. And if they start seeing a real dent, I don't know that they will, but they might. That could also spur them into other stuff. So lots of stuff happening there. But let's talk about Lord of the Rings for a second. So last week, Lord of the Rings came out for Magic the Gathering and did, I I don't even think it's arguably well, I think did very well for most places. I, everything I saw from retailers was they were having some record sales days. They were having record weekends. They were selling the majority of their product they brought in. People still were like, well, the collector's boxes are only selling because nobody's opened the one ring or whatever. And like, dude, people are opening these other soul rings and still selling them for $1,200 to $2,000. So I think people are still doing fine without finding the one ring. So that's a thing. And even like the, the one ring not having been opened is at this point, that's not a bug. That's a feature. If you still want to try to pull one, that's a yeah, bonus. I, I don't know how much it affects stuff, but it is like, you know, let me buy one more pack and just see. I mean, you it know. certainly has gotten them way more publicity because every time oh, a sure, turtle sure. seen, somebody has put up a new bounty. So there's people now that are probably going to buy it that weren't even going to didn't know what Magic the Gathering was before a week or two ago. And, and here's the reality to it. Like I, I told you before, I'd done the math and figured I could get somewhere between 500 and 750,000 from series of videos related to, in some way, either destroying the ring from which it came or putting it into <laughs> an actual volcano, right? Now, there's, my understanding, a buyer in Spain who was also included, I if the way I understand it is, will fly you out for a full Spanish vacation in addition to giving you $2 million if you have right. it. At that point, I'm going like, yeah, now I can't do the throw it into the volcano thing. Like, while those would be fun videos, whatever, I can't produce enough to get even close to the $2 million mark. So now it's just like the numbers are so big, I just got to sell it. And like, even after taxes or whatever, what I get, 1.3 or something? Like, yeah, sure, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it depends, though. If I get Gollum to be it, I think Andy Serkis might actually do something like that. I still don't think I could produce enough. I could do oh, a lot. I wouldn't, at that point, I wouldn't care about the money. I'd do it just to have Gollum with the, that to me. And it's probably why I'm not rich. It's almost worth yeah, more than the million dollars. I do think there's times where money, like, don't be wrong. I still stand by. If you're trying to put your kids through school, you got to pay off your house. Yeah. You're in debt, whatever. Take the money, pay yourself off. Don't even contemplate doing anything else. If you're in a comfortable spot, and I don't know if you think I'd say I'm totally comfortable, but I, I'm, I at least felt good enough that I could do a series of things and still get, like I said, 500, 700K would still be positive. I'd be okay with that. And the long-term benefits are probably worth it. I was going to say, how would you think you'd make a month off of that video? You figure that's got to be a six-figure video monthly, right? No, I think you'd get that for the first month off of the series of videos. And then after that, I think it would slow down quite a lot. I think you'd still get like a grand or two off of each as a group of five or six if you did them in a series. But yeah, I think it'd still take you a long time to eclipse the million mark, which is why I don't think you get close. Like including well, the, well, that, uh, let's say you take them because uh, let's say we, we, what um, would you say you get ten thousand a month off of that video? Uh, I I think the first month. 
again, again, I, I had a plan to do them in a series of videos. I think as a package, I could probably get in the ballpark in the first six months, probably something like as a total package, something in the ballpark of a couple hundred thousand. Okay, then, if you and if you invest that, how long does it take you? Provide you invest it well, you could easily have a million in two, three years. Sure, but I could also just take the money and do that faster. Like that was my thing. Like there's a point where the money is so big that it it'll just outpace what I could get from the videos. When it's only a million, I think the videos are a better investment for me. When it's two million, it's no longer the better investment for me. Like there's the the numbers just scale too big is the problem. But and it, you don't think it would lift any of your other videos? I think it would, but I also for the first. But I also think I could just do a lot with that to also get the lift I would want or need. Like I could hire the editors I want. I could shoot whatever I want. Like I'd be okay with that. Oh, yeah. Even even just because the thing is, even if I sold it, I could still do like two videos. Of the actual opening, how I feel about it, whatever, like going to the dude in Spain and like what I'm getting out of the deal or whatever. And like you can still get probably a hundred grand out of those efforts. Maybe plus you can do a whole bunch of videos like, hey, me still straight up balling with ring money. Oh, of course. Going to a restaurant just (laughs) exactly making it rain on people. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like there's still more that could come of that because you just have access to more money. So once I saw the two million offer, I'm like, okay, well, now all bets are off. And then this is this is me at a strip club dressed like Gollum going twerk for the ring, twerk for the ring. <laughs> but again, right, you could do that because you have that kind of money. And then that video probably does a hundred thousand dollars for you, you know, and you could do that probably eight or ten times. So that's what I'm saying. Like the scale gets too big. No, I thought about it. <laughs> I might just save up money and go to a strip club dressed like a hobbit and be like twerk for the ring. I'm just I'm abused myself. <laughs> Maybe yeah, it could work. But yeah, it, it, the other thing too is people said, well, you just take it to an auction, and, and if somebody's willing to pay two hundred, and somebody's willing or pay two million, somebody's willing to pay three million. I said you don't know that though, and you still have listing fees, closing fees, whatever, right? So you wouldn't even real like. If somebody's going to give you two million, then you need it to sell for three million ish to really make up enough of the difference to make it worth it. Because otherwise, you're going through all the effort to make like I don't know another hundred, two hundred grand probably after taxes and fees and everything else. So like at that point, I might as well just sell it and get a cool Spanish vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just go ball out of control for a week and make $2 million. Like that'd be way more fun than dealing with an auction house and the stress of, is it really going to sell for more than 2 million or whatever? Right. So yeah, I don't know, man, a $2 million offer is wild. Like just being honest, but even if you don't, again, you don't even get the one ring. We have other cards in the set that have shown that they could sell for up to $2,000 anyway. Right. And then there's smaller cards that your box toppers and these other things where some of them are still selling for a hundred here, 200 there, whatever. So there's still a ton of money in this set, even if you never get the one ring. The the one ring is taking up all the oxygen in the room, but there are so many other good cards. Yeah. like And here here's something else I wanted to mention, too, about Lord of the Rings. Because it's popular and it's doing well, it's probably going to have another printing. But this is the type of set that you can't really reprint anywhere. Right? We've seen it with the small, uh, uh, what do we call them, secret layer sets where it's like six cards where they did the variants of the, like the street fighter characters, but they did them as, as magic cards or whatever. Right. 
you can't really do that with Lord of the Rings because this is a whole set where at the end of the day, there's probably going to be 30 cards, 40 cards from the set that people use or want in different variations over the next four or five years. Some of them that become 20, 30, $40 cards. There's not going to be a good spot to reprint these. So they would have to pick a handful of them, maybe 10 of them or something, and do variations that are magic world themed of these Tolkien cards. Unless you go out and get the contract again or extend the contract with Tolkien and say, okay, we need to reprint some of these for the sake of our game or whatever. But I don't think they give a damn about that unless you're going to give them a big pile of money again. Yeah. Oh, I mean, depending on how much money you've made, you probably can. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's possible. But I'm thinking about that of like, man, some of these cards, if I start seeing them getting played a bit in Commander or in Modern, I might be like, you know what? Let me snag four or five of these while they're only like $8. You know, these couple of cards that are like 10 bucks, let me grab two of those and put them away. Because I think there's going to be several cards right now that are some under the radar even that are going to start getting some play. And these aren't easily reprintable cards and i think that's a conversation that nobody's really having but that's real now trying to think if they did this for doctor who like what would be the thing you could do one of one but see if my understanding is doctor who's those going to be like the the uh warhammer decks it's not going to be a full set but again we don't even know when they're going to be able to reprint warhammer stuff because there's a yeah. lot of those warhammer cards that are really good and this is a weird thing. We haven't really had this conversation about. So you think if it's not, if not, if not, if it's not a full set, uh, one of one isn't going to matter as much? Um, The one of one still going to be popular, still going to be what it is, still going to be worth a pile of money. I'm, Let's I'm, say you even I'm got more thinking about the, other cards in the set. That or better be yet, good. you get like, let's let's just say the one of one is the TARDIS. And you got all of the living doctors to autograph that thing one on one. Yeah, it's still What's worth a pile worth? of money. Yeah, I mean autographs or not, it's still a pile of money because it's a one on one that collectors want. But I, I'm thinking about other things in the set that are just good and playable. You know, maybe something that shows up in modern that people are playing four of in a deck, or a card that becomes a really popular commander card that's in you know, let's say 10% of the decks that use those colors or whatever. Now you're talking a card that's already going to be $30, $40 pretty quick. But then where do you reprint it? Right? That's what I'm thinking about. Like the reprint equity on some of this stuff. I don't know what that number is going to be. Like, how do we deal with this in the future? Because I've not really even had the real thought of like, what's the procedure here? We know we can reprint stuff because we've done it, but we've only done it with secret layer level stuff where it's, less than 10 cards. We've not done it where we have a whole set and we're trying to reprint this stuff. So yeah, it's a crazy thing. I mean, some of this stuff could end up being very valuable down the road. And I don't know the timeline or anything or the answers. I'm sure somebody at Wizards has thought about it. But something that, as a community, we haven't had a real thought about. So there's cards. I'm kind of like, you know what? This card's only like three or four bucks and looks pretty playable. Maybe I should snag some more of those and just sit on them. Like if it's under a $20 investment, I'll grab a couple and see what happens. But yeah, just something to think about. If there's a card you're you're targeting right now and you're sort of putting off, it might be worth buying while it's cheap just on the gamble that it, the longer you wait could become a problem. I don't know. But yeah, lots of valuable cards in Lord of the Rings and people seem very excited by it. So yeah, 
it's a it's a good time to be a gamer right now because man, there is a lot of big stuff going down. But uh, we're starting to run a little bit long, so let's let's hop into our dinner table here. And this is one I think some people are gonna feel some kind of way about. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But Brian, here's here's the question. I guess I'll let you start here. But if a company specifically said that they were bringing you on as a content creator or ambassador or whatever, as their effectively their diversity inclusion, would you be cool with that? I mean, I think I would want to know what the plan is to increase diversity. That would be something I would I wouldn't want to I, if I'm the only one at the beginning. I don't still want to be the only black person working there three years or the only person of color even three years down the road. That would that's what I would feel more some kind of way, because at least if they're asking you up front, they have realized they have. Cause let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sure I've been that before in my journalism career. It just wasn't said up front. But then I look around the, the room and, oh, well, lo and behold, there are no other black people here. You know, I, that's kind of what my first thought was, right? Like, well, I've kind of been that already anyway, yeah. even by accident. I don't even think I was a diversity. I think I just got hired and then they went, huh, you're the only yeah. black guy that works here or whatever, right? Like, so if I've already done it, let's say for free then yeah, I'll do it with intention, you know, because at least now I'm aware that you're aware of it. Exactly. And that's already a step up from where I've been before. Now I'm with you. I don't want it to necessarily be that way a year from now. I would like to think you'd be like, Hey, maybe we could have two or three. <laughs> like, like, can we, can we up the numbers a little bit? You know? And, but you're at least to me, that's at least a company saying like, Hey, look, we realize there's a problem. And we need to start somewhere. And we thought enough of you to at least let you be the person we start with. Yeah, I would I would also want to know, like, basically, this is probably a content creation position of some kind. Am I allowed to say what I want to say? That To me, that's, I guess, another thing where that, that has changed. The older I get, we're almost even before money, I look at, can I speak my mind? Because to me, at this point, that has a certain value because I have worked places where I would be an opinion writer and I was told what my opinion was. No, I don't ever want to do that again. For You know, that that's a good point, too. I guess it depends on what type of content or whatever I'm being brought on for, too. Right? Like, because there is a possibility. Like, I'm just making one up. But let's say a, a an apparel brand brings me on and they're just like, you know what? We realize we don't have any black people modeling our our shirts or whatever. Would you be cool if we brought you on? You did some things. We paid you this much, whatever. I just be like, all right, cool. You know, it's probably nothing that's going to be long term. I'm not going to think that much about it. They're paying me to I get a small bag or whatever. OK. But if it's something that I'm going to be doing for a while or a brand I already have a relationship with or interest in, I think the conversations definitely matter more and become deeper for sure. Yeah, because to me, if, if the salaries are even close to each other i'm gonna be more interested in the one where i have editorial control over what i get to say yeah you know so I would, unless you're paying me again as we we joke about like we have a price but you know it's you know it's not cheap well you know it's like when i get to do commentary gigs and it's like okay i'm gonna be throwing in some slang here or there or making 
don't know, random wrestling reference in the middle of it to see who gets it, you know, other things like that and going, okay, if those are the ones I enjoy more, when you're letting me kind of open up, show more of my personality, my interest, whatever. I'm not going to say I won't do the other ones, but I do enjoy those a lot less when they're more restrictive. So if you're telling me you're bringing me in for this diversity thing, then I have to know that, hey, this is also what comes with that, right? You're bringing me in not just to have somebody visually different. You should have somebody there representing all aspects of whatever this other characteristic is you're trying to check for, whether it's race, background, sexuality, whatever, right? Like all of that should come with that. I also got to say, and we've mentioned this before when you talk about, you know, like the hiring of of people of color or any people of any kind of diverse background. So many times if they ask me and I say no, they're not going to ask anybody else. Because now they have the excuse like, well, we tried to address this problem. It's like we talked about earlier. We asked a woman to come and she couldn't make it. And we didn't bother to ask anybody else. And that's the thing that that's a real thing that happens. Well, you know, not just that. It's a. Depending on what it is and if it's a group or cause or whatever I believe in. If I feel I'm a really good person for this. I also feel some responsibility because I'm like, man, who else do you get that is going to be a positive representation? Right. You might get somebody else. And I'm like, ah, do I want them being the one out there being my voice? You know what I mean? I, like, that's a real thing that happens sometimes. Right. So it it, it is a, a bit of a thing. I think more often than not, though, I would take it. Because, especially again, if they're being upfront about it. You're at least acknowledging there's an issue and we can already start conversations there. Versus like them hiring you and then later on yeah whatever like we at least have somebody different here now and it's cool you know because if they're being intentional about it they're saying to you hey look we know we have a problem we're hoping you were at least the first step in helping us fix it now whether they follow through or not that's a different conversation yeah <laughs> but like, i know that the whole time i'm there i'm gonna be trying yeah. to leave that door open for other people of color and other people of you know of various backgrounds oh for sure for sure but that but i think them having that coming to you with awareness is a much different conversation that i'm more often than not going to be okay with because the, the complaint people are why don't you just hire the best person for the job if a paper or you know a, a tv station whatever hasn't covered any black stories in the past three years i am the best person for the job because none of the white people noticed I, w- I would also say this, though, to that statement is that oftentimes someone getting chosen because of a different trait doesn't mean they weren't also the best person for the job. Right. It's just sometimes they've never looked at that group or that space and they're saying, OK, this person's really good. We need to at least give them a chance because they bring something else to the table. Right. If If all things are equal or at least close to equal. You at least look at this other person and say, hey, we have nobody representing this other group in our fold. This is at least going to give us a leg up we don't have right now. And that's whether you're talking about women or gays or blacks or whatever it happens to be. Right. You're getting a different perspective than what you have in your fold right now. And that's big 
And we see it across the board. We, we're starting to see it more, like you said, more video games. We're seeing it in board games slowly. You know, we're obviously seeing it in magic content and whatever. D&D for sure. It makes a difference. And the games that are doing it well and the markets and the 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 brands that are doing it well are seeing more growth because of it. I mean, as much as we sit here and talk about Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast, D&D, whatever, being these huge billion-dollar brands or whatever, it's not a surprise that a chunk of it is starting to come from more minority groups when you're starting to feature people in your marketing. You're having D&D uh, uh, DMs that are getting recognition that happen to be people of color, being invited to these big things, right? Bringing on more black artists, having whole adventures written by just people of color, right? Whole adventure books with modules and stuff, right? Like, there's a reason, right? Like, that's just one part of it. And good it on them. In theory, it shouldn't be hard to figure out. But Summer Game Fest, sometimes apparently it's hard to figure out. Yeah, apparently some people still don't get it. But all right, Brian, why don't you everybody they can find you on social while we wrap this up? I am Brian Sionic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N, and hell, maybe even on Kick while I try to figure out how their stuff works with simul streaming. We'll see. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. And remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate under patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.